Welcome to this episode of Come Follow Me, a Disciple's Journey. This episode, we'll talk about uh, Mormon chapter 3. In this chapter, there's some just a, kind of a hidden little gem that starts in chapter 2 and comes into Mormon chapter 3 that may answer the question uh, that I have had. And, and I don't think it answers it completely. I think the answer is uh, maybe a little fluid to this. But we, we read that Mormon gets the plates when he's 24. By that time, he'd already been the Mormon or the a Nephite captain general, whatever, leading Mormon the Nephite armies for uh eight years. Uh we read that there's continual battle basically for the next uh sixteen or so years till he's about forty. So his entire life to this point basically has been war and bloodshed and fighting and leading Men and when did he have time to read the Nephite history and abridge it and compile it and write his own history and have a family and raise that family? Well, in end of chapter two, it says, and in the 349th year, I had passed away, and in the 350th year, uh, we made a treaty with the Lamanites and the robbers of Gadianton, in which we did get a we did. Uh, get the lands of our inheritance divided. And the Lamanites did give unto us the land northward, yea, even the land of, uh, to the narrow passage, which led to the land southward. And we did give unto the Lamanites all the land southward. So this is why this is interesting. Is This is 49th year, 50th year. So this would be a sabbatical year. Uh, the Jubilee uh, being... Uh, you rest from you. You'd give the land rest. You'd forgive debts in in this year. So every seventh year. Now this is the seventh seventh year, meaning making it fifty forty ninth year. It's you you do seven times seven is forty nine. So that's that year the forty ninth into the fiftieth. So it'd be every seventh one is this special occasion as well. Um, the, I mean Hebrew, and the Old Testament is based on there's a lot of it's not based on but a lot of importance placed on numbers and there's a lot of significance to numbers and it comes from the lord trying to teach us there's seven days in the week right there's the sabbath is the seventh day so in the the in this uh year of jubilee debts would be forgiven um and you might do something like say hey, why don't you give us this land and we'll give you that land to try to broker peace. So you have this priest peace treaty. We're going to give you all the land southward. You're going to give us the land northward. Also, this would have been in terms of 50 years. Um, so every seven years, there's a sabbatical year where they would do this. Every 50 years was this year of Jubilee. Uh, and now if you look at since Christ's coming, this would be the seventh. Because So seven times 50 is 350. And that's the year we're talking about here. There would be this special significance to it. It's the seventh Jubilee since Christ's birth. And so there might be some significance there, which then leads to the brokering of this peace deal, which leads to actually 10 years of peace as we move into chapter three. It came to pass the Lamanites did not come to battle again until 10 years more. So they get they got 10 years of peace. So I go back. When did Mormon have time to do this? I think that he probably had some time during these 10 years of peace to spend time with his family, to really focus on the records uh, of his people, of his people and abridging them, 
there's some good thought uh, from some uh, members of the church scholars who suggest that this is the time when Mormon probably wrote uh, Moroni chapters 7, at least chapter 7, maybe chapter 7, 8, 9, the, the letters that he wrote to, to his son um, probably happened around this time. And so as we get into chapter 7 of Moroni and reading about miracles ceasing and that it takes faith and reading about uh, gifts of the Spirit and reading about especially charity, think about what's happening now while we're reading the book of, in the Book of Mormon. Think about the life that Mormon has led, the wickedness and abominations that he's seen, the sacrifice that he's given and made for his people. And you can see how that... He says, pray in chapter 7 of Moroni. He says, pray with all the energy of heart, of heart that you might be filled with this love. I think he could say that because it's something he's done and he cared for his people. Back in chapter 2, he says his heart had been filled with sorrow. He it's he cared for them. But then what did he do? He served them. And so remember Mormon's life. As we get into Mor- Moroni chapter 7, remember Mormon's life. Remember the life that he led and the, the what was around him and the wickedness. And he writes this beautiful sermon about charity, but he could write it because he experienced it and it didn't come cheaply. He had to pray with all the energy of heart, but he also had to make sacrifices for these people and serve them. And that's how charity is grown and born and, and uh, is fostered. So in chapter three, Mormons, the, the war starts happening again. Mormons about 50 years old by that time. And it says, he did cry, I says, I did cry repentance unto the people, but it was in vain. They did not not realize that it was the Lord that had spared them and granted unto them a chance for repentance. And behold, they did harden their hearts against the Lord their God. They had this 10 years of peace that I imagine, had they they repented, had they changed their hearts and turned their hearts back to God, things would have been different. But they did not recognize the hand of the Lord in their life. they, and they were stuck in boasting of themselves. So Mormon refuses to lead them anymore. And uh, it says, I mean, let's read a few of the things that Mormon says about the people. Uh, now, because of this great thing, which my people, the Nephites, had done, they began to boast. They, they won a battle. They began to boast in their own strength. They began to swear before the heavens that they would avenge themselves of the blood of their brethren. They did swear by the heavens and also by the throne of God. Uh, and then uh, in verse 14, Mormon says, And when they had sworn by all that had been forbidden them by our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, they would go up to battle against their enemies and avenge themselves of their blood, of their brethren. The voice of the Lord came unto me, Moroni, or Mormon, saying, So, just back up, kind of got ahead of myself here a little bit. They make they swear upon the heavens and the earth and everything. Go back to Third uh, Nephi chapter twelve, Matthew chapter five. Christ teaches them, "Don't swear on anything. Don't you don't have the power to turn your to be taller or shorter. You don't have the t- power to change the color of your hair. You are nothing. Don't swear on anything." And so you just see this 
speci- very very specific commandments that the Nephites are breaking in open rebellion. Remember that, that they were in open rebellion. And then as I was reading, Lord says to, to Mormon, Vengeance is mine, and I will repay. And because of this people repented now, after I deliver them, behold, they shall be cut off from the face of the earth. To me, the Lord is saying to, to Mormon, I will, they will get their just desserts. They will reap the reward that they have sown, but don't let it affect you. You don't, don't have enmity towards them. You need to have charity towards them and still love them. I will bring them the vengeance. You don't need to worry about that. And then in verse 18 through 22, uh, a few notes. Um, first, as you read these verses, 18 through 22, I want you to look for a, a comparison to the purpose of the Book of Mormon as written in the title page of the Book of Mormon by Moroni, Mormon's son. And I, to remind you what he wrote, so that as you study, he wrote that the purpose of the Book of Mormon was, to summarize, to bring to a remembrance the great things the Lord has done for the, the children of Israel to restore the covenants that the Lord has made to the house of Israel and to prove to everyone in the world that Jesus is the Christ. So now as you read 18 through 22, keep those in mind. Additionally, in talking about these verses, uh, Mormon talks about the judgment and uh, the whole human family being judged for our works. And Bruce R. McConkie said, the reality is that there will be a whole hierarchy of judges who under Christ shall judge the righteous. He alone shall issue the decrees of damnation for the wicked. So he'll decree, issue the decrees and judgment for the wicked, but for those who are righteous, there's a hierarchy of, of, of judges. And, and so here's a list of some of those judges that we can, um, that we have learned from, or learned about from Scripture. So I'll, I'll list them, and then I'll tell you the Scriptures that we can learn them from. So ourselves, we'll judge ourselves. Alma chapter 41, verse 7. Uh, our bishops will judge us. So de- uh, Doctrine and Covenants, section 41, verse 9, 58, verse 14, uh, 64, verse 40, 72, verse 17. The scriptures, the, written, the things that have been written will judge us. The book of Revelation 20, verse 12, 2 Nephi 25, verse 18, uh, 2 Nephi 29, verse 11, 2 Nephi 33, verse 14, and most recently, in our study last week, 3 Nephi chapter 27, verses 25 through 26. Number four, the apostles will judge us. Um, Matthew chapter 19, verses 27 through 30. 1 Nephi 12, verse 9. And again, just recently, 3 Nephi chapter 27, verse 27. And uh, in Mor- or Mormon verse, uh, chapter 3, verse 18. And then finally, of course, Jesus Christ will judge us. And there's any number of places, but John chapter 5, verse 22, 3 Nephi chapter 27, verse 14. So that's all for this uh, episode. And the next episode will cover Mormon chapter 4. Thanks for listening. I appreciate it. And I hope you join me on that episode.